0: Hello, hello. Hi, it's Hector here from your favourite politics chat podcast. Um, Well, what can I say? It's been such a long time since we all got together. Um, Guy has been very, very, very busy with his uh, with his end of year exams. And then uh, now it seems like he's touring the world. Uh, and Deepak has been making up for lost time, it seems, uh, over the course of the pandemic. A lot of us have not seen enough of our families. Uh, it seems like he's having a lot of quality time with them at the moment. So the episode you're about to listen to is from way back at the end of May, when Deepak and I caught up on the Dominic Cummings episode when well which one uh, the one where he gave evidence to the parliamentary select committee into the government's handling of coronavirus and it was a really interesting conversation obviously Deepak and I being the uh, the, the two left-leaning uh, contributors to the show we did find a lot of common ground and it was a bit of a moan fest but uh, hopefully some uh, some interesting and fun chat in there Uh, And uh, what have we got coming up? So next time out, you'll be hearing a conversation that Guy and I had, actually, which was a really interesting conversation. Um, And that was all about the England cricketer, Ollie Robinson, and his... Well, his, his his troubles on Twitter from when he was younger. Um, we've also got some really interesting interviews coming up. Um, lots of really really fun stuff uh, with some really interesting people that I wanted to talk to. As a little bit of a bonus, uh, and and we we know that we've um, we, we slowed down a little on what we've been putting out. Um, I think uh, a combination of all sorts of different stuff going on with us at the moment. Um, with the unlocking of society so all of us are having a lot more things to fill our times with um, but the, the plan is as far as, as far as, as far as we're concerned at the moment is is uh, get back to producing something pretty regularly at the end of summer so hopefully um, we can do enough over the summer to keep you interested with some of these sort of retrospective conversation stuff we've recorded in the past but uh, yeah uh, on to Deepak and myself chatting about Dominic Cummings. So, uh, Deepak, it has been a long time since we last saw each other and spoke to each other and did one of these recordings. Um, All sorts of stuff that's gone on, um, but well, today it's Wednesday the 26th of May, it's uh, about half past five in the evening, so we are all reeling from the uh, the sort of fallout from uh, Dominic Cummings and uh, all of the uh, Pandora's box of items that he's, uh, he's shared with the nation. Uh, But anyway, uh, as I said, long time since we last spoke. Uh, What have you been up to since?
1: Yeah, nothing much. Work's been busy towards the end of term. Um, Been trying to use maybe the weekend to catch up with family that I haven't seen in a long time and seeing them in a safe way as possible. Um, Apart from that, just been relaxing and um, just tying up loose ends at work, really. And that's pretty much it. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, well, um, just moved house. So um, becoming... Much too well acquainted with how filthy i <laughs> I live um, didn't realize that the back of my sofa uh, resembled a um sort of bacterial <laughs> laboratory um, but hey ho um lots of Petri scrubbing in... and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say um, i know I know coronavirus is a virus as opposed to a, a bacteria but I wouldn't like COVID to meet that. There would be some kind of <laughs> super bug created, I'm sure. Yeah. But anyway, um, all clean now and on on the way. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously referenced Dominic Cummings speaking to uh, well, where's he been speaking? What's he been talking about?
1: Yeah, so he's he's been at the he's had a. I tell you what, it's D Day, isn't it? He's really gone for it today. Um, and I think the thing was people were expecting. Some bombshells, but even by Dominic Cummings' standards, he's really gone for it today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's been facing some questions about his time working at number ten, um, at the committee. I know Jeremy Hunt's there. Um as part of the committee as well and as people so he's, have been he's by chair video. of the health select committee i think yeah so, so so obviously
0: mps grilling dominic cummings which i'm sure dominic <laughs> cummings is used to after the uh, after all the brexit committee uh, hearings and things so yeah um and yeah i mean you mentioned it about bombshells um i don't know i mean before today i was expect i was pleased with this line i used on my girlfriend earlier but hmm. um I, I, I expect a couple of little sparks here and there. Mm. Um, and, you know, it felt like we sort of skipped fireworks and went straight to... Bombs, I mean, mm. some of the stuff he was saying about some of his former colleagues is absolutely crazy. I mean, um serious allegations against Matt Hancock health secretary saying he could have been fired fifteen to twenty times for a, mm. a multitude of sins um, mm. very critical of 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 Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, in terms of his fitness for the uh, for the role of running the country. I mean where do we start?
1: um what what caught your eye? um I think really cool i mean you mentioned matt hancock um for him to say that there were like 15 to 20 occasions that he could have been fired um for things that he'd done he mentioned the care homes mm. and um how matt hancock suggested there was a protective ring around care homes but the reality was a lot of um, of the residents went back with covid um I, I mean, I personally remember... I remember at the time, and I full well, I've got the screenshots on my phone. I've got images of the guidance with the relevant bits highlighted. And that can be supported by documents. The The government guidance did say, you do not need a um, COVID-negative test to return to your home. Um, so a lot of um, residents were being returned to the care homes without being tested. And in fact, when the care homes were refusing to take them in... Um, the police were getting involved as well, uh, because it was the government guidance. So I remember that myself. It, but there was a, there was a, there was something on Channel Four about it too. So that is supported by evidence if it does go in that direction, which I think it will. He also made a point about Hancock's promise of a hundred thousand tests a day, um, which he said was, you know, a we should have been aiming for more, and it was never, you know, going to be done by the time he said it would. Um, and then the sort of the the malarkey. And the palaver around that, actually, because there was a lot of cover-ups with the data and everything. So that obviously um wound up Dominic Cummings. And the second thing was the stuff about Boris Johnson just being totally off, you know, just not on the ball at all mm. at the start of this. I mean, obviously, there's there's been speculation about this already. Like, there's already been plenty of speculation about, of course, the things that we do know, that he skipped five Cobra meetings. Um, What wasn't certain was the reasons why he was doing that, whether he thought... It was more useful to delegate that to someone else, which I think was Dominic Rob, which I think the rumor is. Um, and the, I mean, what's come out over the last week? I think we've heard something. He was writing a book about Shakespeare, wasn't he? So we could get an, a little. Um, I don't know if you heard about that. So you could get a nice advance, um, of around um eighty thousand quid if he promised to publish that book within a certain time, and then obviously Dominic Cummings has as said today. That his focus was all over the place. He had a saying that he had a pregnant girlfriend, which is obviously Carrie Simmons. Um, he was thinking about his divorce at the time. Um. So yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff to go through. Really, I mean, it was a bit. It's a bit crazy. Yeah,
0: I mean, we've both been really, really critical of the government throughout, Mm. and, um, I think that, from, looking at some of the reaction to the revelations from uh, the Prime Minister's former sort of chief advisor, yeah. um, it's, it's been a really mixed reaction. So a lot of people feel very vindicated, as we do, because mm. a lot of the things we expect, expected to be the case. Mm. I mean, Boris Johnson has always sort of proudly maintained this reputation of, of sort of likeable chaos Yep, um, nope,
1: not being uh, a details guy and all that no
0: well absolutely and, and, and also um, the, the the fact that his former chief advisor is, has effectively said this guy was just not up to the job he was the wrong guy for this mm-hmm. and a lot of the reaction coming from uh, people Sort of responding to this, I mean, obviously, you and I, as I said, feel this great sense of vindication. Um, mm. A lot of this evidence that's been given by Cummings uh, backs up a lot of the things we've we've seen and felt throughout the last kind of mm. eighteen months. Mm. But um, you know, take take the uh, the campaign group, uh, the mm. COVID nineteen bereaved families for justice. Mm. Um, they've they've tweeted their response, um, and it, it's pretty damning. You know, the, the government's. So I'm quoting now, the government's combination of grotesque chaos and uncaring flippancy is directly responsible for many of our loved ones not Ooh. being with us today. Ooh. And the refusal to have an urgent statutory inquiry risks others joining them. And, it, you know, in Prime Minister's questions today, which was happening whilst Dominic Cummings <laughs> yeah. was, um, you know, was still giving evidence, um, it... He didn't use the phrase, but the prime minister still kind of attacking the leader of the opposition on the grounds of being captain hindsight mm. when all of this evidence is coming to light. Which, of course, the Conservative Party at some point will address. You know, no, mm. no, no, no prior evidence to suggest mm. that's going to be any time soon. But you know, they haven't responded fully yet, so it's still a little bit up in the air. But the idea that the prime minister is still making jovial digs at the leader of the opposition Mm. whilst there is compelling evidence to suggest that he is responsible for a hell of a lot of deaths Mm. and a lot of the people who have lost one loved ones i mean thankfully there's a a, a load of people in my family who've been shielding who've been sort of highly Mm. clinically vulnerable who thankfully no one's got anywhere near the virus thank Mm. you know thank you thank whatever it is they're there to thank but Mm. a lot of those who have lost people are looking at this drama playing out and Mm. thinking that even though there is that sense of vindication there is it's totally totally disrespectful and Mm. and the way it's playing out is this kind of big theatrical piece which Mm. you know Dominic Cummings and the Prime Minister have both shown that they have a bit of a a penchant for you know Mm. they they enjoy that scenario um, it just strikes me that whilst the truth is seeing the light of day, maybe maybe uh, actually it's it 's sort of rubbing salt into some very deep wounds in the country
1: mm. and the, and on top of that i mean it's the there's there 's basically three lines that really got me from this and and it 's related to what you just said there about the um like the campaign groups and everything. The first line is <clears throat> he said tens of thousands of people died who didn 't need to die. That was the first Unnecessary
0: thing was the word. Unnecessary
1: yeah. as well. Secondly, yeah. he's saying he said ministers and he said he included himself, he said minute and it relates to something else to come to later. He says ministers, officials and advisers like me have fallen disastrously short of what the public would expect from us. And then the third one was when the public needed us the most, the government failed. And so like, those three are the most telling lines for me. And, and there was one part, which the second point I raised there, links back to you, was when he talked about, and this was a really interesting point, actually, when he was talking about how someone like him, he mentioned how someone like him ended up in that position of power mm-hmm. to advise on things such as this. And he said something like, I'm not the cleverest But He was saying something like, I'm not clever. You know, I, I've never, I don't have any really massive achievements in my life. And I found myself in a position where I was making these huge decisions. And that raises all sorts of questions, obviously, obviously for the, you know, the families who've who who who've gone through this and, and lost family members and things like that and friends. Um, but also about how people find themselves in positions of power now. Mm. Um, it raises all sorts of questions, which is quite scary, I think.
0: Well, I think, um, I don't remember the name of the journalist, but, um, I mean, this is slightly off topic, but it does it does sort of corroborate what you're saying. Um, a, a journalist in The Spectator um, effectively made the point that in December 2019, we as a nation had a choice, a, a pretty much binary choice, oh. between Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson. And oh. I do agree with this, this point of view, but it, it, effectively that speaks to a political system that's fundamentally broken, if that's your choice. Mm. Mm. Um, and although what you're referring to is more specific in that how can someone totally unelected and mm. and now admittedly underqualified um, mm. be in a position where they are almost single-handedly, if we're to believe everything he says, of course, um, mm. you know, that there is, there is that element of doubt. But, you know, how he found himself in that position where mm. he was making decisions and and effectively under the um the emergency powers that the government took what, in terms of the c- pandemic response passing laws mm. that um affected everyone in this country and mm. totally totally terrifying for anyone you know and uh, again we can make every single conversation about brexit but where are all of those voices True. asking about sovereignty? Uh, sovereignty no, <laughs> you're right. Just south of Coventry. Um, <laughs> um, asking about sovereignty and democratic process. Yeah, where's that now? All, you know, where <clears throat> is that uproar? And it strikes mm. me that it's only really within the politically engaged, and as a result of being critical of the government, the, polit- polit- the politically engaged mm. left and centre left that is seems really sort of outraged by this um yeah. it, it it's it's a very very tricky question and and I, I i don't know where um where this is going to go and and how on that then the um COVID 19 bereaved families group mm. um they i feel
1: who, who he hasn't met yet i don't think has he he hasn't no
0: no <coughs> um i mean for example, I mean, uh, Liz Truss was on the Nick Ferrari show on LBC a couple of mornings ago, mm. it might have been yesterday. I that morning. was a
1: disaster, wasn't it? Well, I mean, a straight answer <laughs> to
0: a straight question is is a, too much to ask of a senior minister now, but um, I mean, she agreed on an individual basis to meet with an individual constituent of hers mm. a, a, around a, a COVID-19 bereavement, but... Mm when kind of probed to say, will you meet with a group? No, mm. or, or no answer, no commitment. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it was that line of, She's is a constituent of mine. I will meet her. Um, <sighs> and if, if that's, um, you know, if, if they, I mean, they're demanding or, well, no asking for, but demanding a proper, thorough inquiry into mm. the government's handling of the pandemic mm. now. Mm. And, mm. I think that, I remember this time last year, there were a lot of people saying, it's too soon, it's too soon, the government needs to focus. It's not soon anymore. And that argument stood then, but I don't think it mm. does now. I think you're right. Mm. I think um, it, it's at a point now where we aren't at that critical, critical level. Um, mm. Hospital occupancy is, is, is not in the red zone.
1: Mm.
0: Don't get me wrong, still many hundreds, maybe thousands of people being treated for COVID-19 related mm. illness uh, mm. as we speak but it, it's it's not in the red zone mm. and um ultimately uh, an effective and quickly expedited um inquiry into, into government handling could benefit the mm-hmm. further reaction and and um uh you know what what am i trying to say our sort of our, our response to the virus as it continues you know we've been told by many many people including i think um professor chris chris witty that we're going to be living with this thing until the end of 2022 at the very very yep. least yep. so um why we're going to start a, a you know at the moment i think the plan is to it's mooted that there's a plan to have an early general election and then and then immediately follow it up with the COVID um,
1: or or no? COVID I think what the, what the most likely outcome is that the COVID inquiry will start, but then you won't get the outcome of the inquiry until after the election. Yeah, done. yeah. And no, I think uh, that's what they'll do.
0: Well, I mean, it. it and it also happens that yesterday, uh, in terms of inquiries, we had the, um, the outcome of the Islamophobia in a Tory party mm. inquiry. Mm. Um, it strikes me again as, as a very effective management of the news, um, just mm. pile on more chaos, um, mm. because there was there were some things in there that the Prime Minister really ought to have addressed. Um, yep. and, and there's almost no scrutiny of that information, from Ooh. the press which we've come Ooh. to expect nowadays Ooh. um it'd be very different i'm sure well it has been very different it has been for different other before. parties um and <laughs> you know and other parties committing the same wrong it's not it's not about uh, it's not about that it's just about equal um equal uh, sort of openness and um accountability Ooh. and you'd make the case Pretty effectively, that as the party in government, it's more important to uphold the um, mm. higher, higher standards of of equality and and of treatment. So, um, no, a really really sort of concerning <laughs> situation. I mean, it seems to me that after after we talk about this stuff, it it's um, more and um, more and more. So, um, Mr. Cummings uh, has said that tens of thousands of people died. Um, who didn't need to die
1: mm.
0: I mean in terms of an independent inquiry into COVID-19 this isn't the same the response to the outcome mm. of, a, of, of of an inquiry it can't be oh well we just need to update mm. policy I mean <clears throat>
1: do you think there will be a criminal um, aspect do you think there can be I well, I've been I've just been looking into it actually. Um when I finished my work, I thought I'd have a quick read upon it. I just haven't got enough information at the moment to actually to see whether or not a case can be made for corporate manslaughter. Mm. Um there are a few people online that have suggested the accusations that he's made, if he's able to support that with the right sort of evidence, um then there is a case there for that. But I just don't know enough about it to to say myself whether or not that could be something that could happen, it if if you were asking me to guess, I think it, based on pure guesswork and um, based on pure guesswork and what I've read so far, there is every chance that that could actually happen, uh, because I do think Dominic Cummings is the sort of person, the word they use nowadays is the sort of person that would keep the receipts, yeah, yeah for yeah. what he says. Well, James um, James
0: O'Brien um. It's a, a funny line on, on, on Cummings, which is he's the sort of guy who keeps a microphone and a pencil in his top pocket. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> he's got a point. I'll tell you what, yeah. Boris needs to be careful because I think yeah. he is literally that sort of person. Well, um, and,
0: and I think the Prime Minister has, has a history of being very indiscreet with some very, mm. very, very off-colour comments. Mm. I mean, publishing off-colour comments. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, he's, <laughs> he's, barely, he's he struggled yeah. to actually contain what he puts in his... Written work in black and white, so yeah. I can only imagine um, the lack of control of what he says, what comes out of his mouth in crunch situations or when the heat is on. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, coming today, he did confirm, didn't he, about the bodies piling high comment as well. Um. He said he heard that. Um. So yeah, that was that was another thing worth pointing out, and obviously Robert Peston says he knows people who are willing to. You know. Will swear under oath and repeat that sort of stuff. So these are some heavy accusations that people are willing to put their reputations on. Well, that's that story's been around for what three, four weeks now.
0: Yeah, uh, the, yeah, it's probably body, been around a month body, now. Uh, the body's planning high. The only thing I'm concerned about with with um with with Peston's supposed um witnesses or, or however you call them, um is. A way, it, it, do you think we'll get, as part of these select committee hearings, do you think we'll get some of those coming forward or do you think they are still too senior uh, and t- still too involved?
1: I don't actually know. I mean, it depends who it is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of it might depend on what happens after Cummings has finished. It depends on what the response would be to what Cummings is doing today. I think a lot of it might depend on that, so they'll gauge the public reaction to that. And it will also depend a lot on, yeah, you're right on their role within the government or their role within um those groups. So it's hard to say, really. But like you said, it's been around for a month, and that story's kind of been just pushed to the side. Like you said, it's just one thing after another, mm-hmm. isn't it? Well, I mentioned yeah. it on the podcast probably three or four podcasts ago, that it's just constant... It's just constant consistent flow of crap basically just happening all the time. And then you kind of lose where you are. I mean, I mean, we've already started forgetting about the investigation into Jennifer Akuru. Yeah. I mean, yeah, who's (laughs) that? We've forgotten about the money that, you know, we, no one knows where he got his money from to decorate his, to do up his flat, to renovate his flat. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we had one way he, he, what, he spent thousands of pounds on organic takeaway, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. He was getting some guy to pay for his meals or whatever and dropping it off. um, Thousands of pounds spent on that. But yeah, it's just one thing after another, really. But I mean, in terms of the... I mean, you mentioned a really good, interesting comment there about someone in The Spectator talking about choosing between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn and that's like a sad indictment on where we are as a nation. Yeah, in terms of choosing our political leaders, but Cummings said the exact same thing today. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I think but he, he said was the exact same it. thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he was, he quoted it, didn't he? And he said the exact same thing. He's like, this country was in a situation where it had to choose between Boris Johnson, um, and Jeremy Corbyn, and that's a sad reflection on the state of affairs that we have here. Um, and then he repeated. He was saying, "There's thousands of people that could do a better job than Boris Johnson, uh, better suited to running the country." Um. But yeah, I mean, some, I mean, some of the stuff he was saying, he was saying Boris was claiming this was nothing worse than the swine flu. I mean, the biggest one was that he wanted Professor Whitty to inject him with COVID-19. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Um, Cummings said apparently he was so... Boris was so um, relaxed about the whole situation, he was going to ask Professor uh, Chris Whitty, was it the CMO, Chief Medical Officer, to inject him with COVID-19 live on TV with the virus, yeah. so everybody could realise it's nothing to be frightened of.
0: Well, and that, and that plays totally into um, Cummings' other allegation that um, the Prime Minister was, and I, I'm quoting again, 1,000% over-focused on the media as opposed oh, to yeah. the day-to-day oh, yeah. running of the country. Um, you know, I, I'm amazed that Boris Johnson didn't appear in the uh, I'm a Celebrity Castle uh, in <laughs> Wales during this, because I mean, for if if Cummings is to be believed, which I'll come on to in a moment, but if Cummings is to be believed, then I mean,
1: surely the prime minister's got to go. I
0: mean,
1: well, the prime minister and others, because at the end of the day, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of um, don't know if apologists is too strong a word, apologists for Boris online, saying, oh, but you know, Cummings was involved in this too, which I guess is. It's a fair point. He was involved. But at the end of the day, Boris Johnson's the Prime Minister. The buck stops with him and the buck should always stop with him with what's happened over the last couple of years. And at the end of the day, he's got a duty, um, to keep the country safe. Uh, in the interest of the health and national security and everything. So um yeah, I mean, heads will have to roll and obviously he'll be first on that list. I mean he's obviously gonna have to I mean this is gonna I mean, I'm gonna mention this a little bit later anyway, but we can move on to it now. Is is the people that he's the people... It's interesting. I mean, this is another angle to look at it too. But it's the people he's gone after today. So he's gone after Boris. He's gone after Matt Hancock. Um Who else has he gone after? Um, he's gone uh, after those two.
0: Those are the big ones. I think um Rishi Sunak largely avoided... Yeah, that's the, what I was going to
1: come to. So Rishi Sunak, he's been okay with.
0: Yeah.
1: No mention of Gove his good yeah. friend Gove, no mention of him at all. So there there is a there is a theory out there that the knives are being sharpened for Boris and Hancock only. Um that is one angle that people have suggested. Um but yeah going back to your um the point that we that you started with just there about his his whole obsession with media and everything and how he comes across and Dominic Cummings saying that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean it's almost weekly or well, once or twice a week we get Boris going to another part of the country, dressed as a bloody what a lab technician one day. Yeah. Um, I don't know a builder, a, a sort of um, assembly line worker. We've had him cleaning shop floors. Um, he's obsessed with these sorts of gimmicks. Um, well,
0: he's, he's a media man, isn't he? I mean, yeah, he's, he's a, a media a, man, a, and that's his background. And, and he's obsessed with gestures.
1: Yeah. Um, and and it takes me back. I don't know if you read, there. Was a fantastic article. I can't remember what paper it was in by Max Hastings. Yes.
0: um,
1: And it's one of the best articles I've read in ages. I, I found an um, an excerpt of it, and it was sent to me, and it was just great. Um, but it might have been in the Telegraph, actually. I might need to check that. I think um,
0: Max Hastings was his former
1: form, Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boris and, Johnson used to work for him. And it was the, te- it was the Telegraph. It was the yeah. Telegraph. Yeah. yeah, and it was fantastic. Just a really good summary of like what Boris Johnson is all about, and mm-hmm. it is he he had he actually I think it was probably years ago now, uh, might have been just maybe a year or so before he actually became the prime minister, or well, it might have been just before that when he was in the reckoning for it, actually, uh, Max Hastings came out with a fantastic like. Um, like a, a like a text about Boris Johnson and what he actually stands for and it just matched exactly to what um Dominic Cummings was saying today he called him a gold medal egomaniac um his public persona which is quite chaotic he he says it's not an act so he, he he says he's Boris Johnson according to Max Hastings who used to be his boss don't forget um so was Max Hastings the one who actually fired him for lying then or was that a different because I know he got fired from a paper for lying didn't he Oh, I, th-
0: um, I, th- I think he got fired from, uh, I can't remember if it was Ian Duncan Smith or Michael Howard's mm, shadow cabinet yeah. for lying about an affair.
1: Yeah, but he, um, he's also been fired, that, that's the other one, but he's he, he got sacked for lying about the affair, but he's also been sacked for making up a quote in the paper. Oh yes, um,
0: of course.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if that's Max Hastings who did that, but yeah, Max Hastings, some of his quote was so interesting, he said... He's, he's manically disorganized about everything except for his own image management. And he's more ruthless and nastier than the public think because of that image management as well. Um, and this is his former boss. He said, I wouldn't trust him if he said, <laughs> I wouldn't trust his word, whether it was Monday or Tuesday. He's not a man to believe in or trust or respect. He's a superlative exhibitionist bereft of judgment, loyalty and discretion. Um, now, i tell you what, if that was one of your ex-bosses writing a reference for you, that would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? Um, but some of those things are really coming out now, um, and I think that some of Dominic Cummings' comments today about his actual real obsession with the media and the media portrayal of him really comes to the fore when you think about that.
0: Yeah. Um. So. Yes, I'm just. I'm just trying to find. Oh, did you the... find it? Uh. So it was Michael Howard who. Mm sacked him for lying about the um about the affair he was having yeah um so just as a an interesting aside i'm on boris johnson's um wikipedia page and i'm (laughs) using the find function yeah um and i've i've typed in lying as in l y i n g oh you'll come up with a lot how many i've I've got seven i've got seven uh selections (laughs) uh so that's quite fun um so, again, uh, well,
1: he was Oh, accused... OK, he was sacked from the Times. He was sacked from yes, the Times. Yes, that's
0: it. And also, uh, he's, he's accused of lying to... or instructing Jacob Rees-Mogg to lie to the Queen in order to prorogue Parliament oh, uh, a couple God, of years yeah, ago. Oh, yeah, you can't well. forget that as well. So, uh, anyway, while we're on the subject of interesting relationships with the truth, um, one thing that I thought was really, really interesting out of Dominic Cummings' um, sort of statements to the... Sort of Health se- se- um, Select Committee mm. was he acknowledged and apologized for the Barnard Castle scandal, mm. debacle, mm. whatever you want mm. to call it. He has actually volunteered new information that it wasn't for childcare reasons, it was for security reasons, and that his London address was constantly under attack. Um, so he's moved his um his his wife and his his then 3-year-old up to barnard castle um and the fact that he had covid-19 wasn't especially related um mm. but you know he did um it's the first time i've heard anyone of of part of this government albeit he's a um a paid employee as opposed mm. to an elected official um, first time I've ever heard anyone directly acknowledge wrongdoing and apologise. Yeah, that's
1: weird, like. isn't it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> because because for me, I think um, I've said it before on this on, on 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 this program. I've said it before that there's so much I would be willing to forgive mm. um, in terms of wrongdoing or mistakes or mishandling of of, of situations, if there were acknowledgement of that that mistake and a demonstration of a willingness to learn from it, Mm. Um, but a lot of people are also saying that history is going to tell this story, uh, the Mm. story of the UK government's handling of Covid-19, and there's a lot of people suggesting that Dominic Cummings might be trying to whitewash his way out of that, um, Mm. that history. We know that Boris Johnson is an egomaniac and and all of the evidence points to the same being true of Dominic Cummings. What do you think of of that suggestion then?
1: I'd say it's fair. I mean, you know, as much as we've praised Dominic Cummings for, you know, for being open and honest about what's happened with Covid over the last um, year or so. There is a part of him, as you said, that he is a ma- he is a massive egomaniac, just as much as Boris Johnson is. But he just he displays it in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, Boris Johnson, when he's put under pressure because of that ego, he does get flustered. I don't think Dominic Cummings is the sort of person to get flustered in any situation. I think he's actually more calculated in terms of how he handles himself, in public. Yeah. Um. I mean, we've seen Boris, you know, flust red and flustered in in the house of commons we've seen him hide in a fridge we've seen him you know we've seen him take a phone off a journalist when a journalist has questioned him um on that young boy who was on the floor in a in the hospital i remember that and the journalist was trying to show him the photo and he snatched the phone off and put it in his pocket because he couldn't deal with the scrutiny um dominic cummings is a bit more managed in the way he controls his um on the small occasions he does show up um, and I, I do think there is an element of Dominic Cummings trying to remove himself um, from the story of what makes up the COVID disaster in the UK. Yeah. Um, because that's just what someone who has an ego like him would try to do. And he does like to change things that have happened in the past to suit himself. Um, he's done that before. I don't know if you remember when, in when he was sitting in the Rose Garden, he was talking about how much he'd warned people of, coronaviruses and how much of a threat it was going to be. Um, in his blogs, but in fact, he actually went back to edit his blogs. He, he, I don't. Do you remember the story? Do you remember this happening? But he actually, he actually said that. Um, oh, I would never do such a thing. I know the dangers of COVID nineteen because I've been warning people for years about, um, coronaviruses. And then someone, um, some sort of computer, someone who's a bit more, okay. some technically proficient computer guy, went onto his blog and basically archived it. And what he did, he edited his blogs um, literally just when he got back from um, Durham, basically. So yeah. he claimed he'd warned about it about it one or two years ago, but he backdated his old blogs to make it look like he'd warned people of COVID-19 and coronaviruses but he didn't he just went on uh backdated his blogs he changed some paragraphs in there and they worked it out by archiving it it was on the news a little bit but it didn't really get as much press as it should have because it shows what he's capable of basically to get um his point across and um do everything he can to change his his public perception of himself even if it's a little bit underhand um and 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 yeah i agree with you i think he's just trying to probably just wash himself out of the story although he probably it does seem as though from what he said today he appreciates the role that that had to play in um reducing the amount of compliance the public had um with the regulations at the time because there is there is actual research out there from the lancet um which you it can just easily find online talking about yeah a it, turning it, point it, yeah it does it demonstrates the turning point of when the public changed their response to um the regulations and that was the turning point basically yeah. well um
0: talking about uh Cummings still i think that we we've demonstrated that both he and Johnson historically have a uh, less than convivial relationship with the truth Mm. Mm. Um, obviously prefacing all of our sort of remarks and opinions on the basis that Dominic Cummings is telling the truth I mean where next for Dominic Cummings in terms of I mean what what is his job Um, because presumably I think you have to look at when people in public life make very very shocking statements that grab mm. headlines mm. there's always an element of thinking well is a lot of this sort of performative i mean some of the some of the great lines you've already referenced i've re- re- referenced mm. them as well but um, accusing the prime minister of being like an out of control shopping trolley um <laughs> which you know on the face of it is hilarious and and then you sort of remember that an out of control shopping trolley is responsible for our um, our national exactly. response to the greatest threat mm. to human life since a world mm. war. Well, um, there is, you know, you might make the case that perhaps um, Mr. Cummings is being quite so performative because he's eyeing up a, a future for himself outside of government obviously mm. i don't think he can mm. be welcomed back by anyone now mm. um but in in the media in political commentator uh, roles um i mean maybe he's looking at those lads over at gb news starting a, oh, a new yeah. station and thinking hang on a second they seem to be hiring every decent journalist under the sun <laughs> and some bad ones um you know maybe there's a role for me if i can bring enough new listeners subscribers Mm. readers watchers whatever Mm. it's going to be in the end um so maybe there's an element that some of this stuff might be exaggerated greatly in Mm. order to ensure that he gets himself a nice cushy job somewhere
1: i mean you have to take no you have to take into account that he he's he's sharing this you know at the end of may in 2021 so the pandemic you know we came to the uk what february 2020 so he's had time to not only have the benefit of being in the room when these decisions were made or these things happening, but also had time to, if he wanted to, embellish these stories based on the other things that have happened since then, because he just knows, he just knows doesn't he? Things that he knows, the statistics, he knows the media response, he knows how social media have responded to, how Boris has handled the pandemic. So he's got a lot of things to play with in terms of, if he did want to embellish the things that happened, he's got the opportunity to. And he's the sore person who would do that. Um, the other side of it, though, if I'm being totally honest, is the fact that none of the, uh, Maybe it's because I'm overly critical of the government, but none of this stuff surprises me. The, the, he hasn't... I mean, it, there are bombshells, and I know we were expecting a few sparks, but we got fireworks... None of this really surprises me, though. I but mean, isn't that if... the point? Isn't that yeah, the point? Yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah. So Cummings, you, I mean, we've already both both agreed that he's um, a sort of calmer and perhaps more contemplative mm. um, and uh, calculated individual. Mm but is is he playing us all is he telling us the things we expect to be true um whilst also semi i mean he's he's, he has taken some responsibility for it but in a kind of yes i was part of those decisions but i was doing my utmost to stop the prime minister from making it worse so that's an sort of sorry not sorry um sort of response to it is he not just i i mean because i can't help it i feel more fond of dominic cummings at uh um, oh, yeah. what 10 past 6 tonight than i did at mm. 10 past 6 this morning yeah and correct. you know am i being manipulated by a, a guy who managed to manipulate more than half the country to make a bad decision <laughs> um sure. i you know
1: is, is i i don't know <laughs> i'm very confused mm. um because no very conflicted at the moment i'm with yeah. you i'm totally with you on this because as you know we both you know have similar thoughts about the current government and how they've handled the pandemic and everything I'm exactly the same as you. I really don't know how to take Dominic Cummings. Really, I don't know how to. I mean, obviously, there's an element of sort of confirmation bias and everything because he's just saying the stuff that. Well, it, that it I, absolutely is,
0: isn't it? Of course, you know, it is. No, it's
1: just you know he's saying things which I thought were happening, and you know because I I've spent a lot of time. I mean, I've, my phone is full of notes on how the pandemic has been handled. So if anyone wants me for this inquiry, just give me a shout. Yeah. Um... But I've got notes, tons of notes and all sorts of stuff in terms of how the pandemic's been handled. And the stuff he said about care homes, he's absolutely right. He's right. The, the guidance said they could be returned to care homes without taking a test. And that set off the fire that we had in care homes. What he's saying about herd immunity is absolutely right. People came out on BBC Radio, on the news, BBC News, um, to Richard Alpern. Um, I think Chris Whitty was as well. Both said quite openly that herd immunity was something they were striving to get yes
0: yeah, um we haven't they even they just said it yet. quite
1: openly. Boris Johnson's talking about taking it on the chin, uh, being happy to shake everyone's hand. It was definitely the start of their the start of their strategy as far as I'm concerned was always herd immunity, so for him to come out and say that doesn't surprise me, but then at the same time, the fact that he knows people like me exist. Um, he's just gonna go and confirm it, isn't he? Yeah. Um. So it depends on which way you look at it. It's a. It's a. It's a funny one.
0: But I mean, um,
1: and in
0: the early days of March, hmm. the herd immunity was it, was. it was, It was in the public hmm. knowledge. It was. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that yeah. was what we were striving to achieve, yep. and it was only when I can't remember, um, Sheila Fogarty of all people shared it hmm. on um, on Twitter an interview between um a, a, a French. Um, sort of medical professional and and, uh, yeah. um, and and another medical professional. I can't remember what we said, but but effectively, um, one of them extolling the virtues of herd immunity and yeah. how um, how that you know how, how it is absolutely a policy we should be pursuing. But actually, yeah. the the other guy, the, the the French medical professional, said no, herd immunity isn't no. a policy. That's a result yeah. of policy. Yep. Um, herd immunity if we were to pursue it as a policy is willingly allowing quarter of a million people to die correct. and you know we're, we're, we're on the 26th of may um, 2021 half of that number has died Yep. correct half of that worst case scenario number has died mm. uh, i mean i remember in in late march last year at one of those 5 p.m briefings professor chris witty Saying, look, if twenty-five, if if twenty thousand people oh, die as a this. result of this pandemic, that's a good result. Um, yeah. By by any measure, you know, mm. six times that number and still counting. Does mm. that mean it's a bad result? Mm. I mean, obviously, exactly. it does. I mean, but there's no acknowledgement of that from government, and I think to go back to your point about confirmation bias and why we might be so grateful for someone who is within that inner sanctum. Oh um, yeah. You know, sort of saying look we did a bad job and we're sorry even though it doesn't fix things it it feels good and and perhaps that is why the response to Cummings's um offerings to the health select committee have been so
1: welcomed i mean i think i mean i'm 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 just, I, I basically think that we're in a situation now i mean i know he's talked about the fact that um choosing between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn shows what a sort of a terrible situation we've become we've got into politically i think the fact that we're relying on Dominic Cummings today oh. to be the person who does all this and breaks all this news for us and uh lets us know all this information i think that shows us how far we've fallen
0: yeah um, no and for me all it's doing is I'm I'm not taking him at face value, um mm. because of because of, of, of the aforementioned interesting relationship with the truth in the past. Mm. But I do think this has to prompt a massive acceleration to that public inquiry. Are because if half of what has been said is true, then to my mind there are many individuals currently representing us at government level who, you know, frankly are criminally Um, Mm -hmm. responsible for this Mm -hmm. Uh, you know we talked before about corporate manslaughter if we scale it down and um, let's just say as a company boss with a a, you know a staff of 100 people and they take decisions which um, put staff members at risk and many of them die who Shouldn't have or wouldn't have necessary. I mean, we were told at the start, as I said before, 20,000 deaths is a good result. Um, 20,000 deaths has sounded to me like such a high number.
1: At the time, I at remember, the time. at the time. I remember yeah, thinking,
0: yeah. wow, wow, this is serious. That was when I really thought, this is crazy. If that company boss makes decisions that, um, you know, Cause unnecessary death of of their them and their people, we we're we're, to, we're talking about endless legal cases. We're talking about that company boss almost certainly going to prison. Mm. Absolutely crazy, and also, um, while... While all this is going on, just to back up your story about chaos and chaos after chaos, mm. um, between Friday and Tuesday, one point seven million people didn't realise they were supposed to be oh, in a my. sort of semi-lockdown. Um, I can't remember all of them, but a, a string of places in Lancashire, a string of places, Bradford, the
1: Bolton, Kirklees, Tyneside, Hounslow. Yeah, I mean
0: a guy i think it was the manchester evening news someone just happened to check the yougov website on <laughs> yeah, monday that's how it started on yeah. twitter or something on on monday he's checked the yougov website realized that hang on a second we're supposed to, the, the guidance has changed <laughs> for us the story breaks in the manchester evening news and it's everywhere by tuesday and yet yeah. still no adequate response from the government as to what the hell happened mm. yeah and and all of this Dominic Cummings stuff in the Parliamentary Select Committee there's a strong case to be made that nothing will come of it mm. based on what's mm. happened in the past. And yet mm. we aren't talking about yet more government failings.
1: Mm. I mean that 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 story coming out, I mean that M E N stuff that you've just mentioned was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? I mean it's like, laughable. I, I was laughable. seeing I, I I was on Twitter at the time where it came out and people are like, Hold on, this has been Apparently the page was updated on Friday. Friday,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, it said that this had been updated on Friday, but nobody had a clue. Yeah, yeah. Nobody had a Scooby about this, and <laughs> and the worst thing was the local authorities and the um, even Tory MPs were coming out and saying yeah. I didn't have a clue. I um, one of them was on BBC I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I saw like, that you shared that. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was like, "I've got, I've got no idea what's going on." Like, I know, I found out through the media. I mean, if the MPs and the local authorities are finding out about the media, are they expecting just random members of the public just to be sitting on the government website and pressing F5 to refresh? I don't think so. Um, It was absolutely ridiculous. And and it was hilarious because I was seeing on Twitter as it was happening, people were basically putting the screenshots up and saying, hi, guys, just in case any of you live in any of these areas and just writing a list pointing the screen to them and saying, I'm just going to do, like, a public service announcement because the government's not telling you what's going on. I Crazy. thought, I'll tell you. And you just had random people on Twitter sharing this. And people in those areas were replying, saying, hold on, I've got work tomorrow. Yeah. I'm travelling either out of that area because I live there or I'm travelling into that area from somewhere else for work. And yeah. I had no idea this was a thing. Because at the time, the actual website was saying, you can't travel into these areas. It actually said, you can't travel into this area unless you, I think it was unless you're working or you're in education. But there were some people who were like saying they weren't sure if their work was the sort, of, you know, they didn't. They weren't sure if it was only key workers that were allowed yeah, to travel yeah. in there or if it was um, other ones. And some people were saying, hold on, my local pub's open. I was there last night. Yeah. Like, I was in the pub last night and it was absolutely chucker, basically. Uh, and now they're saying on here that that play, The place where the pub is is part of a place which should be pretty much locked down right now. Now, how does that work? Um, it was absolutely mad. Absolutely. And then now they've reversed it, haven't they? Didn't they come out saying, oh, um, Not true. you, you yeah. don't have to... Yeah, you don't have to follow it anymore. Forget it. It's up to you. It's your discretion. It's a classic, isn't it? It's your discretion until the cases start surging again. And then, then they'll start saying, oh, it's your fault. Yeah. You know, we put the guidance on there on, you know, Friday the whatever it was 22nd um and you guys ignored our guidance we told you not to go places and everything and you ignored us and so now we've got a surge in cases all because of you
0: utterly bonkers utterly
1: bonkers and it's all started with what the, we had a part what probably two podcasts ago we were talking about the indian variant it's all started from there hasn't it really yeah. that's why we're in the situation that we didn't red-, red list india soon enough because you wanted a little
0: and obviously that's last week's deal
1: news now. yeah exactly
0: you know exactly. It, it's 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 incredible and the government response to this story about these 1.7 million people apparently having different lockdown mm. restrictions placed upon them or, or not even lockdown restrictions. Who knows what they are because they, they weren't clear or communicated. Mm. The government maintaining a line that all those who needed to know were told and it was their responsibility to share with oh, well, local weren't. MPs and local council leaders and local health leaders. For me, th- those are people who need to know the yeah. amount of those people who've come out of the woodwork know. and said i i've not been told about this i haven't had a i haven't even had a bloody TikTok about it you know um <laughs> there's me demonstrating my understanding <laughs> i don't know can you send a TikTok? i don't know but possibly <laughs> but um it's just that's the frustrating thing i said before mm. about being able to forgive mistakes that are acknowledged and and acted upon it's the The barefaced lying that we Mm. continue as a society Mm. to put up with, Mm. Um, the media continues not to call it out, or at least Mm. for the most part. Mm. Um, The BBC, obviously, under incredible pressure at the moment from those right wing mouthpieces for Mm. the actions of... A highly, highly contentious and unscrupulous reporter over 20 years ago. Mm. Um, a re- yeah, 25 years ago. A, um, a, 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 a DG who's not been in post for as long as I've been an adult, I think. I mean, a long, long, long time. Mm. Um, mm. And yet, that is where our attention has been supposed to be this week, mm. all week. Um, You know, we're we're supposed to be bashing the BBC and turning it into a subscription only service. Um, You know, I, I don't want to get into that conversation at the moment, but the fact that we continue to put up with being lied to on mm. a daily basis I and mean, this this was not supposed to be a big tub thumper we were supposed to just mm. look at what's gone on mm. but as more and more of these chaotic chaotic situations mm. the government keeps putting itself into keeps lying its way out of mm. and um you know it doesn't involve you know you mentioned before no no proper meetings with the um, mm. the forgotten three million or you know the, the, mm. the those those people who haven't received any government support for yeah 15 months well well those of us who have been lucky enough to be supported even Mm. in the smallest ways are okay then you've got the covid19 bereaved families um who haven't been appropriately addressed in any way shape or form i said it before i'm so so grateful and so lucky that those in my family who are extremely Mm. clinically Mm. vulnerable some of them Mm. on um sort of immunosuppressant medication Mm. people who frankly i'm very certain if they caught the disease they would die the government Mm. is not taking this seriously Mm. enough they weren't Mm. they have continued to sort of plow this this furrow of sort of chaos and um you know i I mean I, i i'll refer back to the words of the um of the the covid 19 um bereaved families i mean absolutely just harrowing um Mm. you know the 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 quote the government's combination of grotesque chaos and uncaring flippancy is directly responsible for many of our loved ones not being with us today and the refusal Mm. to have an urgent statutory inquiry risks others joining them um Mm. i mean they you can't put it straighter than that and it's uh, we we are um I don't know. I mean that piece we referenced before in the spectator around the 2019 general election. Mm. If we have a choice of Johnson or Johnson, I would argue that that's a much weaker choice than Johnson or Corbyn at the moment. Oh, I so agree. so I agree. and and you know you, you you can't label me as a. you know you only have to speak to my uh, very hard left sister to know how frustrating <laughs> she finds my views on Jeremy Corbyn. Mm. I am not a fan, but mm um you know you can only say on the basis of this evidence that our political system has regressed um mm. and massively uh you know whether it you know we joked last time about the um effectively um impotent new civil servant advising on uh, ministerial code who's who's had mm. the, the 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 key powers and the key recommendation sort of powers removed so that the final say remains with um remains with the the prime minister and you know you mentioned before about knives out you've got pretty patel who's apparently mm. off to one side just waging a single-handed war on refugees and migrants mm. um mm. and and you know posing in these ridiculous massive flak oh, jackets god I mean,
1: the state of that yeah it's pathetic
0: just absolutely awful and you know there's a you know there's a huge base of people who are absolutely thrilled at that image of her just stood there looking posters stern. i'm
1: sure i'm sure they've got the posters up
0: yeah, yeah. already
1: so I mean, yeah but, but boris was on tv i don't know where he was the other day i don't know if he was at the raf or something but he had his own little jacket as well with prime minister written on there didn't he as well yeah it's just like it's, it's all it's all populist um
0: Trying sort of to gesturing,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. it's all gesturing and Mush. rubbish. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. There's no meaning to it, really. It's just, it's no. just there to get votes, isn't it? They know there's a core no. of people that love that sort of stuff and be frothing at the mouth, and they're just appealing to them as much as possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but still, that. Image has been arguably more widely circulated than the story oh, yeah. of these confused one point seven million people over the last few days. Yeah, um, it will have achieved more positive and negative fanfare, but well, whilst all the time diverting attention from the, um, you know, borderline murderous lack of um, competence and honesty from uh, from our government, or as James O'Brien puts it, clarity and leadership. Well, you know, whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, just nothing. So well, I mean, I'm I'm happy to move on from that from the, uh, the that that because otherwise, the uh, the bit of me that's exhausted and grumpy from uh, being mid house move um, is not going to it's be. It's going to come out. Yeah, I, I'm going to start complaining about my other half's inactivity, um, but that's okay. She doesn't listen. I can say what I like. Um, so. What about this story then? We'll, we'll, we'll chat about the Belarusian, um, oh. well, piracy, or, I mean, what is it? Um, so well, it is piracy, isn't it? I mean, effectively, it. or privateering is, is what we called it. Yeah. That's the acceptable British Navy version of piracy, is privateering. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, so, um, dissident Belarusian journalist flying on a Ryanair flight, um, from somewhere to somewhere else, crucially, mm. not to Minsk or Belarus, just over. While the, while the plane is flying over um, Belarusian airspace, it's uh, sort of met by um, Belarusian fighter pilots and then brought mm. down into land. Um, the EU has issued a relatively soft condemnation the United Nations, I don't think, has managed to do anything. No. Um, we, as the UK, have banned incoming and outgoing flights to Belarusia. And I think airlines are being advised to avoid mm. Belarusian airspace. Now, I did some looking at Belarusia as, as a country Um uh, the only things I knew about Belarusia before, or B- Belarus, because um, mm. I've been looking at them historically, they were Belarusia for <laughs> ages mm-hmm. and then. So the I, I knew two things about Belarus before this. I knew that they had a football team that occasionally loses to Wales. Um, <laughs> as a as a Welsh fan, that that's all right. Um, and I knew that they were... It was the setting for the film Defiance with Daniel Craig, who um, <laughs> uh, had the Bielski um, Bielski um, sort of Jewish um, partisan group in World War Two as a mm. resistance to the Germans. That was it. That was the extent of my knowledge. But now I see that, effectively... Having uh, done a little bit of digging, it was part of the Soviet Union, the USSR, so the the, um, the combination of Ukraine, Russia, and, and Belarus, which formed the old Soviet Union. Um, their economy is effectively tied almost entirely to that of Russia, mm. um, a very difficult one for the West to get involved with because effectively... Um, It is one of Russia's biggest trading partners, one of Mm. Russia's biggest customers and suppliers um, declaring war or issuing sanctions or any stern language is effectively stern language towards Russia, which the West is absolutely, understandably, very keen to avoid. Mm. So it is the last European state which still executes prisoners. Mm. Um, well open, i that. openly um I that. the prime minister or the the ruler of belarus i can't remember
1: lukashenko what, sorry what was that uh, lukashenko
0: lukashenko yes. that's it yeah. so he has been in power since 1991 mm. so since the collapse of the soviet union mm. after the um after the fall of the berlin wall and, and then the, the subsequent sort of collapse of um of, of the soviet union and the, and the um the falling of the iron curtain he's been in charge and um effectively their economy is described as being very very sort of early 20th century mm-hmm. um well what's the word sort of effectively soviet communist um mm-hmm. the, the state owns 21 percent of so the state owns I think something like half of all businesses outright and if you operate a private business the state automatically takes a 21.1% stake in it oh wow yeah so this is this is the um kind of society that is I mean it strikes me as absolutely crazy that um I didn't even realize and it's you know, you see Poland. We look at Poland as um a Western and twenty uh, first century modern progressive nation. Mm. Um and just to the east of that you've got Belarus. Mm. Um and and it, it's not the other side of the world. And and mm. you know, Russia has pretty much been I mean it's it's undisputed that Russia shot down that Malaysian Airlines flight killing mm. many dutch people and and many mm. people from all over the world but you know we had the um we had the sort of safety and, and comfort and the lo- knowledge that um, it was the other side of the world so it didn't feel quite so mm. but i mean mm. it was a ryanair flight yeah exactly it was it was exactly. uh, it could was, have been us it was an airline that i uh, for my sins and for my empty mm. wallet often fly <laughs> <laughs> often fly with when i'm yeah. flying so yeah. that i mean it feels very very um very close to home i mean we talked before a few weeks ago about what dominic rob can do uh, mm. as foreign secretary mm. um in terms of intervening with with russia acting in a in a sort of mischievous way for want of a better mm. expression now this is belarus um it is the as i said the um effectively one of the last countries on the planet that is an authoritarian dictatorship i mean Mm. um you you know even even on
1: there i could think of a couple heading that way
0: yeah well more than a couple sadly Mm. but uh, i mean hungary is a very interesting situation at the moment um but i mean what can we do i mean it, it strikes me as um we aren't really in a position to do anything, I mean about
1: first of all the the thing that actually happened was just ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, we're talking about it now. <laughs> it's like oh, it's happened, and it's crazy, but I don't know, you just you don't see that sort of stuff happening now. It's crazy mm. um I mean the extent you've got to go to to organize something like that and I don't know to do the' I don't know the the research and reconnaissance to just carry out that sort of operation and everything yeah. and have the nerve to do it with um a ryanair flight that's sort of nothing to do with your country or whatever um that in itself in isolation is just a crazy situation in terms of how we respond to it we have to be careful because i think the you know the reality is it is very much in the clutches of russia and the more we try to place sanctions on it the more it goes further into the grasp of russia mm-hmm. um just as an a uh, natural response to placing any particular sort of sanctions on it um and that's the way it kind of it's been for a while now it's just like a it's like an you know obviously it's a sort of independent nation state but in a way it's just like an appendage of Russia isn't it um in a lot of ways and and the way you mentioned like Lukashenko's reign and everything it kind of mirrors well not as long as well longer than Putin but you see what I mean in terms of ways of holding on to that power um well very similar
0: on the wikipedia page um you know where you type in someone's name and Mm. you you get their page and you've got the picture on the top right and then there's a few sort of short facts about them it Mm. says you know his current role is um is 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 president or prime minister but then Mm. in brackets disputed Um, oh wow okay so um effectively um he's elected but in the same way that Putin has been elected so many times. Oh, yeah, times. of course, yeah. That makes sense. Um but because arguably the um the state controlled police and um media services aren't quite as invasive as they are in their um in their northeastern neighbors in Russia. Mm. Mm. Um I guess that's why people like um this individual, this um I think he was a blogger. Um mm. so He was it you know, was a blogger. It's so scary, the idea that stuff... I mean, we are being critical now mm. of mm. Uh, the 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 Belarusian um, regime, mm. being critical of their actions. Are we now in a position where we have to avoid flights that fly over Belarus <laughs> for, for fear?
1: No, it's a good point, actually, isn't it? You're right. I mean, it's a fair point to make. Because yeah. if you, I think that the interesting thing with him, he was, um, um, but wasn't he quite a significant? I mean, of course, we're significant, Hector. I'm not saying we're not. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Didn't he? Have, didn't he have like quite a following? I think he had. Um, from what I know, like he had quite a significant, um, like a some sort of telegram channel or something that like he was really like pushing yeah. anti. Yeah. Yeah. No. For sure. Her. So.
0: Yes. Um. And. Uh, I think he was one of the organisers of a protest mm, yeah. and um, the law, the emergency power, in inverted commas, which mm. um, the Belarusian authorities uh, exercised in order to divert that plane, invade it and kidnap, which I'm going to use these words because for me that, that that's adequate, mm. even though that's not how they'll it's phrase fair. it. Um, the So the... Um, the the commandeering of the flight and the kidnap of the uh, of of the passenger um those emergency powers are exercised under terrorism laws mm. um which you know similarly in this country we have detention without trial in terms of terrorism laws mm. so i mean i'm i'm not going to i i i am critical of this government but i'm not going there yet but mm. um it it just strikes me that <laughs> um it's just a, a guy who you know like just a random
1: who, yeah, yes a blogger a, basically a, a he's blogger who's, plucked off a
0: plane you know and and that could be any of us i mean mm. we already started talking as well i mean it, it's a, a, again another side story but um sasa johnson the um uh black lives matter activist who, mm. who, who mm. who's um, sadly in not the greatest of health at the moment having mm. having been um having been shot earlier in the week mm. we're already starting to see articles appear um yeah. in some what i would refer to as less than reputable but widely circulated mm. news sources um mm. attacking her character yep and attacking her integrity um not going to name the publications not going to name the authors because i don't want people to look mm. at them um but yeah. it's tra- it strikes me as we are only a couple of notches away in
1: mm.
0: in certain parts of where our society is going and what our society will permit, and mm. the um, the lack of care. Uh, we're having conflicting stories about that Sasha Johnson story and mm. about what the motivation was for that attack or whether there wasn't and it was a mm. a, a, a mistaken, mm. um, you know, a, a, sadly she was caught in the crossfire of the intended mm. targets, but it strikes me that if governments like it, it's almost like belarus is a very 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 strong and stark and almost isolated example of mm. a government using powers to 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 effectively do what it wants and to yep. maintain that power we've seen in this country a government effectively combining um excellent media usage which obviously as cummings said today boris johnson is one thousand percent too focused on Mm -hmm. um you've got a situation where a young powerful and inspirational woman is currently Mm -hmm. in a coma having been brutally attacked Mm -hmm. whilst attending a social event and Mm -hmm. yet our society exactly. accepts mm-hmm. um, character assassinations when she hasn 't yet woken up by mm-hmm. all accounts she 's had some surgeries on the injuries, and you know things aren 't looking um, you know th- 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 those surgeries have gone well um, mm-hmm. so you know obviously really hope that she's um, makes a full recovery but you know how how far away are we from a government perpetrating acts of violence. You know, we talked before about the... You you mentioned when we spoke before about the uh, death of the private investigator looking at... Mm. Um, mm. Daniel Morgan. Daniel Morgan. So what's that story then?
1: Well, I mean, I was going to... It just comes back to what the government is... Like, the combination of the media and government, what is it allowing now to be acceptable? Like, yeah. how low is the threshold now? I think that's, that's the issue, isn't it? First of all, we've, we've talked about, you know, we'll come on to it sometime anyway, you know, the, the, the photographic ID required to vote, which is going to obviously alienate a lot of people, yeah. reducing the rights of asylum seekers. We've already had stuff, the culture war, in terms of people backing down from the National Trust, what's going on with the museums and galleries. Paul Dacre probably becoming the chair of Ofcom, attacking the judiciary. Um, the protest funding. bill... Yeah, the lack yeah. of funding, the fake leveling League Up agenda where sort of pork-barrel politics, where um, constituencies that are Tory are getting the funding whereas, whereas Labour constituencies aren't, whereas even though the Labour constituencies are more deserving if you actually use the actual deprivation index. There's a lot of things happening now which are quite scary all at the same time, um, which make you kind of worry what direction we're going in as a nation, which, you know hopefully it hopefully it doesn't link to what we've been saying about um either belarus or hungary Mm. um and then that that does bring me on to the home secretary and what she's doing with this report into the the death of um daniel morgan why haven't we had it yet yeah why haven't we had it she's claiming that uh, there is a threat to national security or she's mentioned i think the human rights act i think as well but the people who the independent panel who put this together have basically said no that's not the case there are no threats to either of those things um well the suggestion is she's doing it to protect her good friend and obviously she's very close to rupert murdoch um she attended his most recent wedding as a guest um, not as a not as a bride not as a bride no uh I just i liked how you cleared that up for as us as a guest yeah I, was, I didn't want to say she not just a, randomly turned up not a caterer or, or, there some, or there were some like people that she wanted to boot out and she turned up with the yeah as a with bouncer. The police or whatever with yeah. immigration officers or anything so she was actually invited yeah um so uh so yeah um yeah as a bouncer that was quite funny just yeah. imagined her at the door. Um, uh, but yeah, so so it's I mean, an Australian point no, no, space <laughs> system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good one. It's relevant. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so she, she's obviously good friends with Rupert Murdoch, and what the suggestion is at the moment, this this is based on. So there have been podcasts about this, and there've been documentaries as well, um, and the follow-ups to this, people have been saying, you know, he, he may have potentially had a lot of information about how certain, um. News outlets use or gather information, mm. um, and what they do with that information and the the steps they take to get that, um, and in his role as an investigator, he found out that information and he was about to share it with a group of people, um, and and that's a, a kind of behind the reasons why he was, he was murdered in a in a in a pub car park. Um, and this was this was yes this was i can 't remember the exact year now, but it it was a very long time ago and it 's been up to forty million pounds have been spent uh on numerous investigations to find out what actually happened but the, you know all the suggestions are there 's been a huge cover up um and the people that will be um, i think mentioned in the report obviously we 're yet to see I have a feeling it 's going to be a, a massive um. Sort of a lot of conclusions that aren't going to paint the Met Office in a good light. I think the Met Office will come under significant fire, uh, and so will some of these news outlets, and so will Rupert Murdoch. And I think what the Home Secretary is doing, Pretty Patel, is obviously trying to protect those interests that she's got with her good friend, um, and the Met and the Met yeah and the met police did so. you say you said met office who are the weather Sorry, people. yeah i know i just realized now when i said <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah sorry met yeah. police yeah, um, yeah. um so yeah that's 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 what what the rumour is at the moment but until we see the report we don't know but i just really feel for the family who have been waiting a long time to get some oh, closure gosh. on this they've been fighting really hard i think i think it's his brother um alex i think his name is i need to check but he's been really fighting um sort of fighting for this to find out what actually happened and it's been really tough for them because they thought they were really close to getting this inquiry and the report out um and then what happened was it was initially delayed by number 10 because they said um of prince philip passing away that they didn't want to do it then because the attention would be taken away from the report and they delayed it and delayed it up and, until pretty patel just came out and said no nope, um we want to have a look at it but uh from what i know i don't think she's got any remit to actually do anything with it anyway but that's up for debate at the moment
0: so i mean i, I think um the sort of etiquette or the the form here is for the the relevant minister obviously it, it relates to um to policing and security so the home secretary that's why it's mm. falls under pretty patel's remit the relevant minister effectively reads and signs and sends on um yep uh, and th- that for me i mean i'm a lazy guy so that might be an afternoon or two's work um, mm. but <laughs> but she's um, pretty patel is, is uh, of a position whereby she shouldn't be a lazy person so mm. Mm. All, all if if we if we're following the form or the correct protocol she, uh, she's standing in the way of this report and yep correct and she has no recourse to do so Mm. um i would be very interested if if the um if the sort of uh contributors to this report were to take matters into their own hands and self-publish they might have to they um, might have to and i just for me putting myself into the into the morgan family thinking about um not having an answer
1: mm. to I'm waiting all these years and then being so close to and being so close to the report uh being released um. Yeah, but again, we're supposed know. to be looking at how
0: angry we are at the BBC and defunding them. Oh, so, ridiculous. Um, and
1: and having an inquiry into what happened twenty five years ago with Martin Bashir rather yeah. than the COVID crisis.
0: No, absolutely. And priti Patel herself saying we're going to use um, next year's charter um, renewal conversation. To uh, take another look at the uh, the BBC and it and you know and it, and its its current form, I mm. mean, I would offer one piece of advice to Pretty Patel, which would be to read the report, sign it, and mm. then put it out. Um, yeah, exactly. Because uh, by all accounts, it's ready for us to look at. Mm. Mm. But um, I can but wish Christmas only comes once a year, uh, and I don't think I'm going to get that gift. So at the end of every single week, usually what we do is a final thought, but there's no guy, so we don't have any lovely stories about uh, the history <laughs> of words or, 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 or goat farming in, uh, in Portugal or whatever said his, his name is related to. But um, uh, Deepak's decided he wants to tell me a joke, and I can't wait.
1: Um, okay, so what is the difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well dressed man on a bicycle.
0: Oh no, I don't know. Go on.
1: Attire. Uh, <laughs> oh, that is a good one. Oh that's fun. That's cheered
0: me up. Uh oh, right. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, so Top that Hector. Yeah, top that. Okay. No, no, not even gonna try. Um, what I will say as my final thought is we mentioned it briefly before guy sadly not with us um oh. you know, well, well, he's, well. he's obviously doing his uh end of year's, year exams at university so oh. wanted to wish him all the best of luck yeah, and apologize you. if i've misspoken on his behalf tonight <laughs> <laughs> for listening to us if you'd like to get in touch then please do uh, you can find me on twitter at at Kidwell, and you can fire in any questions you'd like us to answer or leave us any feedback thanks very much bye